wouldn't be unusual for me to put in an eight hour day at work, come home, run 20 miles, and then wash, rinse, and repeat five, six times a week. Whoa, chill out, man. What are you doing running 20 miles after work six days a week? Many of you are probably listening to this on your way home from work and thinking, that's not even possible for me. Maybe it is or maybe it isn't. Who knows? But maybe there's a larger theme. It really is. I believe that everyone has gifts and passions and they, use, they should use that to help others in need. And, and, and like I said before, you know, this is how I live out my faith. So, This is Mountain Meister. Hello, everyone. Some of you dedicated listeners may remember our 2015 goals episode at the beginning of this year. We had three goals. One of them, the first goal, was a baseline goal, something that you think you could achieve, but it would definitely take some work to achieve it. Uh, Here's a little clip uh, from that 2015 goals episode. Ben, I I think everybody out there is dying to hear what you're going to take on next year. (laughs) Okay. Go for it. (laughs) All right. All right. So my goal number one is to do another marathon, which I have already booked, but I want to beat my New York City time. So it's a road marathon. It's the Pittsburgh Marathon. I'm from Pittsburgh. My New York City time was 326.26, so I'm going to try to beat that for goal number one. Ben, can I make bold predictions along with your goals? Yes, yeah. I, and no pressure here. Uh-huh. I think that you're gonna you're gonna beat that by a healthy margin. Really? I think so. Okay, so Garrett turned out to be right. I beat my New York time by about eleven minutes. Really, really happy about that. Uh, thanks to Garrett and Boa Technologies for providing my running shoes for this race. They were great. We had you post your 2015 goals on our website, and many of you did. Thanks for that. If you have any updates on your goals, make sure to comment on them and let us know. All right, on to today's episode. So I ran the marathon on a Sunday, and in order to do what today's guest did, I'd have to run one on Monday, and then Tuesday, and then Wednesday, and then next day, And then the next day, and 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 the next day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mountain Meister. Today with us on the other end, we have Darren Wendell. Darren puts himself through extreme physical and mental hardship in order to save lives. On April 10th, he completed his most recent endeavor, running 100 marathons in 100 days across the entire United States in order to raise, I believe it's over $141,000 as we talk right now. The funds are enough to provide 3,500 people in Africa with clean drinking water for the rest of their lives. Darren, welcome to Mountain Meister. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, thank you for all that you've done. Did I get that right? Uh, April 10th when you finished? Yeah, you nailed it. Um, you know, last Friday or Friday before. Mm-hmm. How much running have you done since then? <laughs> I was in the airport yesterday, coming back from a speaking engagement in New Jersey, and I ran to because I was a little late for my flight. <laughs> and literally, it was the only time I ran was through the airport. And 
<laughs> I just wasn't ready, and it hurt really bad. Did it? Did it bring back uh, some some great feelings? Was it nostalgic running through the airport? Uh, well, it's kind of painful because I didn't stretch or anything, and I was kind of running in Chaco sandals, and so uh, it wasn't the running experience I'd hoped for right <laughs> after the run. So you averaged twenty nine miles a day across those one hundred days. Yeah, that is correct. A lot of times when I tell people that you know I did a hundred marathons in a hundred days, they're like, "Oh, what marathons did you run in?" Like, no. <laughs> I ran across the country, so literally where I stopped the day before is where I started the next day, and the total mileage was, you know, twenty nine uh, two nine oh three, uh, making it roughly, you know, twenty nine miles a day. Very good. Uh, the Boston Marathon just happened uh, here in Boston, where I run the podcast out of. Uh, we had a lot of people running for charity. It's great to see. So you've done all sorts of extreme endurance uh, endeavors. Let's rewind back to 2005. I think that's when this all started. You rode your bike 4,400 miles across the United States in 74 days. What inspired you to do that? Uh, you know, I learned about someone doing that. They, they shared a story. I think I was, I was in church one day and someone was using a story of how they wanted to ride their bike across the United States. And I was like, that's even possible? I was like, I want to do that. Well, his story ended like after the first day, he, he, he was in a tent and then he actually, he just quit the next day um, after <laughs> riding. Wait, he said he was going to ride across the country and he quit after the first day? After the first day. That, but that's what sparked it in my mind. I was like, okay. It, it must be possible. People must do this type of thing. And so I was like, I just don't want to talk about something and dream, you know, dream about it and wish that I did it when I'm on my deathbed. So I was like, I'm just going to train. I'm just going to do it. Hmm. Uh, have you always had that attitude where if you say you're going to do something, you follow through? Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's just one of those things that um, I like to – I like my yes to be yes and my no's to be no. So if I announce something – it's happening. So I don't typically just throw out goals here and there and just kind of happenstance. Some of them don't come to fruition. Some do. Yeah. Like if I announce it, it's happening because there's been like six months of thinking and talking it over, you know, talking to their family. Is it possible and doing the research? So that's kind of how I make my decisions. On the other end, does it annoy you when people say that they're going to do something and they don't? I have a, a couple of friends who like to talk a big game, but then when it comes down to it, uh, they never it never seems to happen. Um, oh man, I, I mean, being on the fundraising side of things, that's, I mean, I'm a fundraiser by, um, by trade. And so that's my profession. And so, I mean, a lot of times people have these grandeur ideas of what they want to do, but I guess don't really understand what it takes to pull that off hmm. successfully. Um, not only on the fundraising side, which is a whole other thing, but just what they're, what they're planning and what they say they're going to do. Um, and having, doing a lot and having a long list of long distance endurance challenges, um, I try to explain to them, like, this is what you're getting yourself into. And so, it, yeah, it's just one of those things that happens. It's all right. It doesn't bother me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not responsible for <laughs> other people. I'll encourage and help out as much as I can. But, I mean, this isn't for – this isn't everyday people stuff. Most people do not want to do these things. So 2005 was the bike ride. 2008 says you sold all of your possessions and walked – 3,400 miles coast to coast in 374 days. You did the bike ride, then you walked. Why, why did you do the walk? I found out through the, the bike ride, um, you know, faith in those things is kind of for, important to me. And I was trying to figure out my life at that time, like, what do I want? You know, how, did, how am I wired? How, how can I serve other people with what? 
I love to do, which is long distance endurance challenges. And so I loved what I did with the, the bike ride. I loved the opportunity that it gave me and really the fundraising platform that I believe that I could have with it. So I wanted to open up another chapter in my life that allowed me to do something similar. So I was like, okay, is this possible? And researched it, found out that it was. And I was like, okay, let's use this to help other people. You said, is it possible there? It was possible for you. You proved it. Is this possible for more people uh, than, I don't know, some of our listeners are probably out there saying, "Ah, I don't know if I could do this. Is this possible for other people? I think it is. I think one of the biggest hurdles when it comes to long distance endurance challenges is not that your body can't do it. It can do it. You can train it to do so. I think the biggest problem is carving out time within life. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're getting anchored down with um, you know, house payments and, you, and you're married with children, it makes it much more difficult to be able to you know, give up 374 days of your life uh, and go take off and, and, and create this fundraising platform. Uh, it's just something that I love to do. And so I make time for it. And I think you make time for the things that you love to do. And if you have a family, I, I believe you should be making time. You shouldn't be leaving for 374 days. And you should be making time for the things that are important in your life. So at that time, I wasn't married and I was debt free. And so I was able to do this. Yeah, good, good point there, carving out the time for things you love. So you mentioned there that it's difficult uh, to create this charity platform in addition to doing uh, whatever extreme endurance uh, tests that you are doing. What is something that people wouldn't expect is so difficult? Yeah, well, I kind of share a story. Prior to me going out for this for the, the run across the United States, there's a, there's a website called USA Crossers, No Go, and, and they've kind of been keeping a database of everyone who have run uh, across the U.S. and who are planning and who have lately. And so I was going through and trying to figure out, like, what's a good fundraising goal? And what I was noticing is that though these individuals were completing the runs, you know, these runs across the United States, I would look at their fundraising goal and be like, we raised $3,000. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? You ran across the country and you only raised $3,000? Um, and what I was finding is that, and, and kind of, you know, put together is that these were spending so much time on the planning and training side of things that they weren't spending any time on the fundraising side. And so when they hit day one, um, they did a horrible job of casting vision for the mission that they cared so deeply about. And so I wanted to spend just as much time on the fundraising side than I was the training side. But in order to do that, I had to put a team together. This wasn't something that I did. Um, so I put a team together who were passionate about the mission, and that's how we approached it. Very good. Just a couple of, or one other project that I should mention. 2011 swam across the shore of New Buffalo to Chicago's Navy Pier. That's 50.6 miles of swimming over 35 straight hours, basically across the southern tip of Lake Michigan. Out of all of these that we've discussed so far, is there one that was physically the hardest? That one was stupid. <laughs> It's just dumb. I got done, and I told my. I mean, I'm well. <laughs> I try to unwrap this for you. Like I was not part of my rules, just to hold the integrity of the of the swim to Chicago was. You know, I wasn't allowed to touch a boat, so it was literally nonstop. My crew would throw me a rope with bite na- bite valve Nalgene's on it with coffee or something to drink, and they would like throw me food. So I literally wasn't allowed to hang on to a kayak or anything when I'm riding. I had my crew there, but. And so that's the goal. And so I always tell people, you know, we called it to swim to Chicago. We should have called it to swim to Chicago Hospital because that's where I ended up that oh night. Uh, I had 
severe wetsuit burns underneath my armpits, uh, hypothermia, hypoglycemia. Um, so that was just, it, <laughs> I'll never do it again. I'm a retired swimmer. No <laughs> long distance swimming for me. But the great thing is we raised $14,000 to help provide you know, clean water in, in, in Zambia at that time. And so um, it, it was worth, worth the price. And I'm glad I did it, but I'll never do it again. So why do you do this? Why do you put yourself through this pain, this miserable, well, it seems miserable to me. Why do you put yourself through this? I, I tell people um, it's how I worship. It really is. I believe that everyone has gifts and passions. and They, use, they should use that to help others in need. And, and, and like I said before, you know, this is how I live out my faith. And so if I can, um, you know, create a platform to raise funds for a mission that I'm super passionate about, it becomes you know, kind of worship for me. Hmm. I know it's kind of unique. Um, and a lot of people look at it that way, but that's how I look at it because I believe that's, you know, one of the giftings that I was giving. So that's what I love to, this is why that's the root of why I do everything I do is because I can use it to help others in need. Um, so you, you probably won't see me doing any type of long distance endurance challenge without me, um, doing it for the mission of active water. Coming up on mountain Meister. It's definitely something to wrestle with, and I, I think everyone should be wrestling with it. If you're not wrestling with it, that's when I think there's an issue. Mountain Meister is supported by the DeLorme in Reach Explorer, the world's only satellite communicator with built-in navigation. With the InReach Explorer, you can send and receive messages, plan routes, and drop waypoints and share your journey from anywhere in the world. But its other features are what makes the InReach not only a navigation device, but a survival kit, too. During emergency situations, you can trigger an SOS and interact with DeLorme's 24-7 search and rescue monitoring center. For $35 off of your purchase, and there's not much time left, use the code MEISTER at checkout. Let's go to the 100 marathons in 100 days specifically. Congratulations. Uh, West Coast all the way to New York City. Uh, how did you train for this? We'll talk, we, we rarely talk about training on this show, but like, how do you do this? How do you train for it? <laughs> it's really simple and complicated at the same time, so I'll make it really simple. It was just I, two years of training of increasing my mileage while decreasing my recovery time to mimic what it was going to be like out on the road. And so... In doing so, I increased the intensity of that as, as I get closer to the run on, on January 1st. And so what I did, it wouldn't be unusual for me to put in an eight-hour day at work, come home, run 20 miles, and then wash, rinse, and repeat five, six times a week. Wow. How long could you keep going? I mean, 100 marathons in 100 days, could you have done 101 in 101, like 125 in 125? Do you have a, a gauge of how long you think you could keep going? You know, it, it took me about 90 days, but once I got to the 90-day mark, I felt like I could run 30 miles and operate like a normal person would after an eight-hour day at work, sitting on the, sitting on a chair. It, it was I was to the point now where my body was used to doing 30 miles a day without being just wiped out completely. So I could have kept going. I felt like I could have kept going. I mean, I was losing toenails and, you know, little things would come up, but nothing chronic that would keep me from saying throwing in the towel so i mean it was painful getting up every morning but you know eventually you run that out 
Huh. It's amazing how the human body can adapt. I had somebody uh, the other day, I was talking to a runner, and he said something along the lines of, like, you know, as he started to pick up his distance, he said that I gained, like, a whole new appreciation for what's possible. And I Mm -hmm. think, yeah, as you you adapt, you slowly realize that. Very interesting. Let's talk a little bit about the charity, um, Active Water. Correct. $140,000 $140,000 raised uh, across this project to provide 3,500 people clean water for the rest of their lives. That's $40 a person. That seems pretty inexpensive. It does. And that's the crazy thing about it. Whenever I tell people that kind of bite-sized amount, $40 will provide, we call it water, health, and hope. Because um, it's not just about providing water, it's providing you know, sanitation, hygiene training as well. But Active Water, to kind of give you a little background, is the athletic division of Life Water International, who's been around since 1977. So they know their stuff and, and, and use their 40 years of experience to be able to really create a long-term development approach to the water crisis. A lot of people, when they think, oh, yeah, water crisis, let's give them a well, and boom, we're done. What, where's the next well going? And so, but we take a different approach. We, we don't necessarily, um, we don't invest in products. We invest in people because in order to have a long-term development approach, you got to invest in people. I mean, I always tell people there's so much technology out there right now that can purify water. It's kind of unbelievable. People send me things all the time. I'll check out this solar panel that does this and purifies water. Well, I tell people if technology was, uh, it was, you know, the answer to the water crisis, we would have fixed the water crisis years ago. Um, but I don't believe it is. And you have to invest in people because they're going to be the ones. So we don't go over and actually drill the wells for Ethiopia and Uganda and Malawi. And we work in, in Cambodia and Bangladesh as well. We develop water committees that help carry out the work done by the native people. And so I think that's one of those interesting differentiating factors that separates life water and active water from a lot of other nonprofits out there. Hmm. So you're really investing in the people. I took an economic development class in college, a really interesting class about um, how third world countries should develop. And there are a lot of misconceptions about, you know, trying to implement first world policy in third world nations. So it sounds like you're taking the approach of letting the people of the country figure out creative ways uh, to get clean water. Absolutely. It's exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we would come alongside them and, we use low-tech resources from the area in which they live. So if you know this filter, you know, is done, they don't have to wait three weeks to get another one from the United States. You know, they just they have sustainable resources that they're using to to fix the, the problems in their own community, and it's different for every community. So this forty dollars a person, it's amazing, and that essentially could save a life, right? Forty dollars. Oh man, this is saving lives. This is a game changer for for communities and families and and children. So this uh, this is something that has just bothered me uh, psychologically lately. I just feel guilty because forty dollars is nothing to a lot of us, right? I could skip going out to dinner, and that forty dollars could be used to save a life. I mean, it's a pretty good trade, right? Um, (laughs) how, how am I supposed to rationalize that? I mean, like I could cut $40 out of my spending, even you, you could probably cut $40 out of your spending to save another person's life. But like, where's the limit? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. You know, and you say I could, I mean, I do, my wife and I support $40 a month. It's called a water hero program uh, at LifeWater. And so, and we, we just try to give them beyond, beyond. 
Um, and, and I just believe that it's definitely something to wrestle with. And I, I think everyone should be wrestling with it. If you're not wrestling with it, that's when I think there's an issue. Okay, what's next for Darren Wendell? 2017, uh, at least I think it's going to be 2017 because when I look at the pattern of your projects, 2005, then the next three years, 2008, next three years, 2011, next three years, 2014. I'm not sure if that was purposeful, but 2017, it looks like you're going to do something. Do I have that right? <laughs> I really, oh, I always tell people I don't have anything up my sleeve when it comes to, to anything next, you know, athletically. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, my wife has sacrificed tremendously um, for the last two and a half years. I mean, just, I mean, I think I put in 3,800 training miles, not to mention the 2,900 actual miles of the, of the run over the last two and a half years. And so I've been out of the house a lot running around and she's been taking care of everything else. And she is a saint for living in a trailer across the United States for the last hundred days. Mm-hmm. Um, so next big thing I think for us is we're moving to Canton, Ohio, and I think we want to start a family. And so the next big long and distant endurance challenge for me may be children um, on the horizon. So I'm kind of excited about that. But athletically, uh, I've been kind of bouncing around in my mind. It actually just came into mind a couple of days ago, but uh, a Kilimanjaro hike, kind of bringing people who are passionate about the water crisis alongside and doing it as a, a, a fundraiser, maybe something on the horizon. Um, we work a lot in Africa, so it kind of makes sense to connect, um, you know, being Kilimanjaro in Kenya, I believe. And so being able to, to do that might be my next big thing. So I, I just don't have 100 days anymore or a full year. <laughs> I did that stuff when I was single and uh, wasn't tied down with the house payment, but I'm moving to a different chapter of life now. Very good. It'll be interesting to see how the kid project uh, compares to the running, the biking, the swimming uh, the walking. Good. Excited for you. Uh, so we like to get a gear recommendation from every person that joins us on the show. How many running shoes did you go through on your run? Um, during the 2,900 miles, I went through 10. So one every about, you know, roughly 290, 300 miles. Cool. So 10 pairs of running shoes over 100 days. Uh, you don't have to recommend running shoes if you don't want, but you can. So give our listeners something that they have to have. Yeah, it makes sense uh, okay. <laughs> to know, you know what shoes I wore. But it's a combo. I think it's a combination of the shoes and socks. And both were sponsored um, to me by uh, CarWho. CarWho was uh, my shoe sponsor. You know, people might be like, CarWho? What, what are you talking about? i never heard of them before. But if you're kind of in the running uh, community, CarWho is actually a Finnish company. I always kind of explain it to people. If you're going to go to Finland, it's like the Brooks of Finland. Like it's That's the shoe in Finland. So they're trying to break the U.S. market. You might know them because they have offices in Boston um, and in that area. But I use the Carhu Strong 5 for the majority of my run. I use some of the Carhu Strong 4s. Um, but these are the kind of their long-distance running shoe, um, the equivalent to the Brooks Beast, I guess you could say. Um, but they held up great, um, you know, I'm always going to have toenails that fall off and calluses, and I had very little blisters. I literally could put a new pair on and run 29 miles and not have any problems. So I'm a big fan of the Car Who Strong Fives. Um, you should check them out. And I use those in combination with Thorlo's socks. Um, another one of my sponsors, and I love their socks. I use uh, – they were thick, and so I had to trade them out like every couple, um, you know, probably every two, maybe three times a day depending on the heat. If it was cold outside, I could run all day in them. But the combination between the two were were kind of amazing, and obviously they got me across the country, and I, you know, I, I could still walk afterwards. Very great. 
they can get Darren across the country, they can most likely solve whatever running problems you have. Yes. For the listeners, check out those on Darren's Meister profile page on our website, mtnmeister.com. To wrap things up, we like to hear who you'd like to hear next on the show. Darren, give our listeners the future Mountain Meister. This guy I've been following lately is sick, being that I have, <laughs> I have you know, being you know, swum across the um, Lake Michigan. Uh, I don't know if you heard of it. Uh, ben Lecomte is a Frenchman. Have you yeah. heard of that? Before? No. Huh? He's planning to swim across the Pacific Ocean. What? Yeah. And it would be like, okay, that's stupid, but he already swam across the Atlantic Ocean. What? It's going to take him five and a half months to swim. You got to check him out. Uh, I think Outside just did a um, an Ill, something on him. Um, he's 47 years old, Frenchman, Ben Lecomte. Will, he's going to go to the, swim from Japan to, I think it's L.A., 5,500 miles. I don't get it. How... Uh... How yeah. do you do that? Like, uh, can he hold on to the boat? You didn't hold on to the boat. Can he? I hope so. Um, <laughs> he plans on swimming eight hours a day using clippers and a snorkel. Okay. A flotation device. And so he, he swims for eight hours, rests 16 hours uh, on the support boat, and then he jumps back in exactly where he left off using, of course, GPS, I'm sure. Right. But 5,500 miles. Yeah, it's far. It's, I don't like 5,500 5, miles is honestly the same thing as 500 miles when we're talking about swimming to me or, yeah. or even 50 miles what you did. I don't know. I can barely swim. I don't know how far I can swim because I don't swim. Oh, man. Ben LeCompte? LeCompte. L-E-C-O-M-T-E. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Sick. So I'm going to be following him because I'm just – I'm just interested. If, I don't. I don't understand it. My mind kind of explodes, and I do this stuff all the time. Like I don't. Under, I can't wrap my mind around what he's planning on doing. Right. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, we'll have to get him on the show to try to pick his brain. <laughs> Darren Wendell, wonderful having you on Mountain Meister today. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, I appreciate it. For the listeners, you can find out more about Darren on his Meister profile page at mtnmeister.com or go to rundarrenrun.com to find out more about this most recent project. Any any more plans for the rest of the day? We had this talk in the morning, Darren. <laughs> I got to work. This is my first day back. I'm playing catch-up of four months of email. So this is I'm having a good time here. Best of luck with that. Thanks again, Darren. Uh, thank you. Darren Wendell, 100 marathons, 100 days. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Don't forget that we are supported by the DeLorme InReach Explorer, the world's only satellite communicator with built-in navigation. With the DeLorme InReach Explorer's tracking functions and its ability to trigger an interactive SOS in an emergency, you'll be in good hands on any journey. For $35 off of your purchase, go to inreachdelorme.com and use the code MEISTER at checkout. If you have updates on your 2015 goals, I want to see them. Go to our website under the 2015 goals section. I'll get a notification every time you put something on that page. So do it. Finally, please have fun doing the rest of whatever you do while you listen to this podcast that we call Mountain Meister. Whether you're outside enjoying this beautiful weather we're having across the country, or you're inside wishing you were outside. I'm the host, Ben Shank. Thanks for listening to Mountain Meister.